Welcome to the One Stiletto in the Grave podcast with your hosts, Sonny Ormond and Jane James. Well, hello, everyone. We have a murderous and mysterious show for you today. It would be a crime not to share it. Jamie investigates while Sonny delves for clues, and our great entrepreneur, Joy Swift, MBE, reveals the inspirational story of how she created the world-famous and award-winning Murder Mystery Weekends. Oh, yes, and spills the beans on the little pink buzzing bunny. <laughs> Naughty! Today's podcast is sponsored by MTL Associates. Would you love a website but don't know where to start? MTL Associates create websites for people like you. They'll agree a fixed price for their work from just £380 for five pages. And before you sign up, they'll create a prototype so you can see you're getting great quality. And when they build the real thing, they'll keep changing it until you're 100% happy. And you own the website, not them. Go to mtlassociates.co.uk and see what they can do for you. MTL Associates. It's you, but online. Hello, everyone, and welcome to One Stiletto in the Grave. Hello, Sonny. Hello, Janie. How are you doing? I'm all right, actually. I'm okay. Um, good. And, yeah, have you, have you had a good morning? I've had a wonderful morning, and I'm looking forward very much to today because mm. we are interviewing a guest who is an expert on murders. And that got us thinking, didn't it, about whether there have been any murders in Ambridge. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I think that Tom Forrest is the one that I can remember because he God. shot one of the Larkins. I think it was Bob. Really? Um, and yeah, 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 yeah. And there was a court case, but they did him for manslaughter, not murder. And he got mm-hmm. away with it. And then, mm-hmm. wasn't Prue married to Bob Larkin, who he'd shot? And then Tom Forrest ended up marrying her, which is why I suspect it probably was a murder that he got away with. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's true, because I was also beginning to, um, you know, ponder on this in the arches and, and the near murders, the near misses. Um, and it got me thinking about Mark Hebden, you know, oh, all Mark those Hebden. years ago, of course, um, who collided, I think, with a tree, didn't he, in a car? And I think that was because... Um, Sarah, dear Sarah Coward, who was playing Caroline Bone at the time, was riding along in her horse. I think a a car overtook him. He avoided Caroline Bone on her horse and then slammed into a tree and was killed. But I don't think we ever found out, did we, who drove the car which drove him off the road? No, I don't think we ever did. No. So that's an unsolved murder, isn't it, really? Perhaps that was Tom Forrest as well. Perhaps he's a serial murderer. Who can tell? I mean, Mm. the Archer's anarchists have which I'm a member, although they'll probably yeah. drawn me out now after doing this podcast, <laughs> suspect there have been many, many, many more murders, um, uh, including Shula doing away with Doris and Lizzie doing away with Dan, and possibly even Lillian dealing, doing away with Ralph Bellamy. But um, Oh, really? Would oh, that be a good storyline? Oh, no, 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 maybe not. Let's not suggest Maybe that. not. No, you're not. No, 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 no. We don't want no, Lillian no, no. banged no, no. up in Chokey, do we? No, we don't. We want anyway, more episodes. Thank you. Our guest today, I'm very, very excited to introduce Joyce Swift, MBE, the Queen of Murders, who organises and has done since, I think, the early 1980s, murder mystery weekends all over the country and all over the world, I think. Hello, Joy. Hi. It's really great to see you. Am I right? Was it the early 80s when you came up with this? Yeah, I invented the concept of interactive murders in 1981. And it was... We, the very first one we did was Halloween, which seemed appropriate. But my bosses weren't impressed when I came up with the idea at all. I, I was working for a small chain of hotels. 
and responsible for getting bums in beds, as they used to call it, you know, in PR mm. marketing. And I heard about a sort of real murder in the plaza. And I thought, oh, gosh, that would be awful for pub publicity. Mm -hmm. And then in a 20 minute journey, the light bulb went on. And I thought, actually, for the people that are there, they couldn't leave because they'd be witnesses. And then, I, and then the light bulb went on and I thought, wouldn't it be great to be dropped into an Agatha Christie type film and be able mm -hmm. to ask all the questions and interrogate the suspects and look at the evidence. And within 20 minutes, I'd come up with the idea and I told my boss and he wasn't impressed at all. So I went over his head and told the chairman and he said, <laughs> oh, I think that's a good idea. Oh, go ahead, you know, work on it. So I worked on it for about six months and we did it at a hotel called the Prince of Wales in Southport. And I contacted the local national paper, uh, local regional paper, which is called the Liverpool Echo. And I said, mm -hmm. do you want to come down on Sunday and take some photos of guests sort of looking shocked at a body? And which they did. And it went on the Monday, it was in the Post and Echo. And I took the Monday off because I knew I'd be quite tired. And I went in to work on the Tuesday morning and the telephonist, because we had telephonists then, said, you're going to be busy today. And I said, why? And she said, you'll see when you get to your desk. And it was just covered in messages. Would I ring the Daily Mail? Would I ring the New York Times? Would I ring the BBC Holiday Programme? Would I ring ABC News in America? Mm. It was ridiculous. I hadn't <sighs> even planned another one. I just thought it was going to be a one-off. And of course I rang them, they all wanted to come and film the next one, which I hadn't planned. And that was the beginning of the end of my life as I knew it. And 40 <laughs> years later, I'm still doing it. Wow, wow, that's... what a story, Joy. I mm -hmm. mean, that's fantastic. Thank God for that chairman. Yes. You know, because you might just have let it go, mightn't Absolutely. you? Well, certainly at that stage. Well, anyway. no, he probably doesn't like me very much because I left. And um, mm -hmm. when the BBC holiday producer came, he said to me, Joy, if I were you, I'd go on my own because once this goes out everywhere, it's going to take off, and particularly mm -hmm. when it's on the BBC holiday programme. So I, I sort of took a big risk. I was only 24, and I thought... <gasps> And I did it. I don't know why, because I wouldn't be brave enough to do it now. <laughs> the, the, the ridiculousness of youth, I think. You know, you think you can do anything. Absolutely. And that was it. God, so, that's, I mean, so that's, a, that's quite a story, isn't it? It is quite a story. So I'm really interested. You said it took you about six months. You had the idea, which is brilliant, but it took you about six months. Because it, it must be really complex, isn't it? The, the workings out, or was it something that just sort of fell into place for you? Well... I didn't actually think it through when I came up with the idea. And it was only, I, I went to a local amateur dramatics and got some actors and, and then I found a local crime writer and asked him to write a plot, which I have to say wasn't brilliant. It was a bit simplistic. And, and we, we had several meetings with the actors and we worked it all through and we did it. Uh, and I, I think we had about 40 or 50 people. I'd, I'd put an advert in a sort of magazine, a book uh, magazine. And we got about 40 or 50 and they all arrived and we did our thing and just full of disasters. But pretty much it was what I wanted it to be because I thought the characters have to be really believable for people to be invested in them. Mm -hmm. And I wanted it to be realistic because I thought if it's just 
a case of looking at a few clues and 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 not being realistic it, it wouldn't be like being dropped in an Agatha Christie which was my sort of vision um, and so I realised straight away that it had potential and obviously the next one was much better I didn't realise until the first crime writers draft came through and I thought Ooh. and I worked with the actors and we made it much better and it wasn't in, it wasn't until later on that I realized actually I write a pretty mean plot and I suppose for the last 30 years I've been writing 90% of the plot and then I write it and I, I it's a lot of it's very themed as Jane will know there's either a theme to it or a code to it or whatever but I write it all and then of course when we perform it for the first time with the actors they sort of put the flesh on the bones of the characters that I've created mm -hmm. and even though I know that I want there to be a row about such and such at 12 o'clock or at lunchtime when the characters become immersed in their character then they start saying things and and it sort of as I say puts the flesh on the characters and and over the years we've had so many funny things happen with the characters and funny things that they say because it's all improvised. I've written the sort of the basis of what it should be, but every weekend it's different because they're all improvising. And so some things have been amazing. I've got some funny stories. It depends when this is going out though, because some are quite rude. Anyway, <laughs> sorry. We, we, we like do rude. rude. We like but, rude. But before, before we have the rude stories, maybe mm. just explain mm. what happens on a murder weekend. Yeah. So if okay. I book on a murder weekend, what happens? Okay, yeah. so a month before, uh, over the year, I, I write three brand new plots. So I'm actually writing my 147th at the moment. <gasps> and <laughs> each plot has a theme to it because I, as I say I wanted it to be realistic so I wanted people to book but before they arrive I wanted them to sort of understand why they're there why there are 70 or 80 virtual strangers in a hotel so each plot has a theme to it and and for ease of explanation let's say it's a wedding so I will write a letter a month before to all of the guests saying You're co you've been invited as a guest of Tracy and Sean and you are, and then I'll give a little bit of bump about them so then I ask the guests to pretend that they're either on Tracy's side or Sean's side or whatever and so when the guests arrive for the welcome reception at eight o'clock on Friday already they're dressed for the wedding supper or whatever it is and already they've got something to talk about and for that reason Jane will know it's incredibly sociable um, you get you get a lot of couples, a lot of groups of four or six, and they know each other, but they all immediately are talking to everybody else. You know why you're here, who do you know, etc. And so the characters, of which there will be nine or ten usually, um, when they arrive and announce that they are Tracy or they're Sean or they're the father of the bride or whatever, immediately people sort of know them. Um, it's particularly good for single people because immediately they're sort of grabbed in and they feel part of it. So the theme sort of is chatted about and then we, we have a welcome reception and then we go into dinner and everybody's talking about the themes. So um, over the years I've had such a variety of themes and the one that we're doing next in the winter is going to be called 15 and it's a TV production company that have invited, done a sort of a thing around the country, have you ever had a 15 minutes of fame? Which most people have. 
So at the reception, everybody's going to be telling their stories about how they had their 15 minutes of fame. And, I, and, and one thing I immediately thought of, we had a guest, I don't know, a few years ago, and he had been really struck by lightning. And he showed me the scar on his hand. He was playing golf and it went up the golf shaft. And, um, and he was telling us about it. And I sort of thought, everybody's got a story, even if you're five and you're in a picture in the paper at nursery school or whatever. Um, so that's the one coming up. But anyway, that's the theme. And everybody's talking about the theme until shock horror, usually round about coffee, can be earlier, a murder occurs. And it's one of the actors, so it's somebody they will have met, so it could be the father of the bride or whatever. Um, and so then you go from worrying about the theme to then becoming sleuths. And so everybody then has things to talk about. What did they see? Who did they see this person to, talking to? And so Friday night is very busy, just everybody learning about the characters and what's going on. Uh, the police arrive. Um, the murders, as Jane will know, can be various and intriguing and crazy. Some are quite simple. On the last plot, ostensibly, when I died on Friday, it looked like a heart attack. And, and the police didn't arrive, and the guests were like, what's going on, there's no police? But then they arrived much later to say that the ambulance has seen there was corrosion on my mouth and I must have ingested cyanide, which is a very old-fashioned <laughs> murder, but it was an old-fashioned sort of plot. Um, so then they turn into sleuths after the first murder. The police arrive, and everybody's got something to talk about. After dinner, we always have a themed game because I, 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 I learned early on if we're just sort of talking about murder and it's all a bit serious, it would be a bit heavy. So whatever the theme is, I do games related to it. And it's also a very good way of getting people to bond. So mm -hmm. if you're on a table of 10 or 11, you all play as a team. Uh, so we might have a wall quiz that might be, if it say it was a wedding, it would be themed to love and marriage. Um, and over the weekend, we have a few games, which are just, some are fun, some are intellectual-ish type quizzes. Um, but it, again, it's a way of just lightening the mood and getting people to talk. Um, so then we go to bed, and when they go to bed, underneath their door, they'll get a clue sheet. And these are famous quotes that are from, I don't know, Shakespeare, Billy Connolly, whoever, but it's a way of getting people to start thinking about plot themes, lines, um, rows between families, this sort of thing. So we come down to breakfast on Saturday morning and, and then we start getting fired with, um, have you ever had a baby that you gave away or whatever it is, you know, all these sort of random questions. But that's been sort of sparked off by the clue sheets they yeah. get. Then uh, after, well, during breakfast, the police have set up a police incident room and it starts off with maybe 10 pieces of evidence. And by Saturday night, we'll probably have about 60 pieces of evidence. That builds up over the day. And at the end of the day, that forms the jigsaw that can help you solve the plot. Um, so after breakfast, everybody goes into the instant room. Then we have lunch. And over lunch, there will be bits of evidence that have gone up that are bound to cause trouble. And there are guests that love causing trouble. So say there's a husband and wife who are happily married, apparently, but there will be a letter from a lover, and the lover happens to be there, and the guests will find this letter and go over in front of the husband and wife and say, I know that your husband's having an affair with so-and-so. 
And so in, over lunch, there are lots of rows when revelations start coming out. Uh, and then Saturday afternoon, we play a couple more games. There'll be another murder. Then Saturday night, we always have a fancy dress. So say it was, um, the theme was love and marriage. Then it would be come as famous couples, maybe. So everything's all themed to the theme of the weekend. But then the plot is something almost completely different because... Um, the plots I've had such a, a variety of themes. Um, some t well, I, I was about to tell you one that's on the uh, online ones, but I won't. Anyway, that, I've rabbited enough, but that gives you a brief idea mm. of how it all happens, which was mm. your question. Gosh. And it's, I mean, I've been on yes, I know you have quite a yeah. few, and they're so entertaining. You just sort of leave the world from Friday evening till Sunday lunchtime when the when the police. Um, get the guests and the surviving characters together and and go through the, the whole denouement of was it you no but it can't have been you because it was you but no it can't have been you and then and then the murderer is, the big is arrested the big reveal it's it's incredibly entertaining you know you know you were just saying you enter the hotel on a friday and you leave on yeah. a sunday yeah um somebody once called it a golden bubble and i said it actually is because no matter oh. what's going on in the world you, you, you don't watch the news, you don't get involved. But I have two examples, if you'd like to hear them, of really profound... I didn't realise until I heard these stories, and it, it, it's making out for me to sound marvellous, but it's true. One was, um, it came out Saturday lunchtime that somebody had been raped. And... Um, this girl took me to one side and said, can I talk to you out of character, which we never normally do, but I could see she was quite upset. Mm. And I said, sure. Anyway, we went into a private room and she said to me, um, I was raped when I was younger and nobody knows. Not even my friends yeah. that I'm with this weekend know about it. And she said, I don't think I can stay. I think I'll have to go. So I said to her, look, hang on a minute, because mm. he certainly gets his comeuppance. Mm. And there's a there's a bit of stuff happening that I think might actually resonate with you and might help a, a little bit. I said, I may be totally wrong, and if you want to go, please do. Anyway, so she did stay, because I think she was more worried about telling her friends mm -hmm. about why she wanted to leave. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I was watching her very carefully over the afternoon, and, I could, and all of these things happened, and then, of course, the chap got killed. And, and I was watching it very carefully. I could see her really relaxing and lightening up, mm. etc. And she came up to me on the Sunday when it was all over and took me to one side and she said, I can't tell, thank you enough. And I said, why? And she said, we stayed up till four in the morning and I told my friends. And she said it was the best thing that's ever oh, happened. Wow. That's and I was amazing. in tears because I thought, oh my God, I, I didn't realize that we could really make a difference. There's another story. We had a group of 12 women I didn't know why they were all friends, but they all arrived. And they had the best time. And they were laughing and dancing and having a great time. And um, on the Sunday, they all came up and said, oh, that was brilliant, thank you very much. And I said, oh, we all at school together? Or, you know, are you all mums of kids at school? Or how do you all know each other? And she said, no, we're all part of a uh, breast cancer group. And she, and I said, oh, blimey. I said, well, you all are obviously very fit and healthy and you've all mm. come through it. 
And they and this one woman said, "Oh, somebody we know won't be here next time, but we'll all be back," because she was terminal. And I thought they've had the best time. They've had such a wonderful weekend where they have literally stepped into the golden bubble and been able to forget everything that was going on in their lives. Mm. So somebody once said to me, "You should be prescribed on the NHS," and I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. actually. Yeah. No, that's yeah. brilliant, Joy. And I guess also, I mean, those are wonderful stories, but I guess also friendships will have been formed, won't they? You know, deep friendships from, from, oh, we've from, had from these weekends. Oh, we came either on their own or as couples, and now they come regularly as a group of eight yeah. or a group of ten yeah. because they've met and bonded on the weekend. Yeah, no, brilliant. Just, just jumping, because I want to hear some funny stories, and we are, listen, we, we are um, on, the, on the podcast sort of site known as Explicit, so, so you can say whatever you want, there's a thing when we get to funny stories, so that's really not a problem. But um, what I was going to say, as an actor, just very briefly, going off in a slightly different direction, I'm just interested in how much your actors are briefed, so that they each must have a really quite a big backstory, is that, is that right? So how much time do you spend rehearsing with them before you launch um, well, it's, it's funny because people say, oh, you must rehearse for ages. And actually, yeah. we never rehearse. Really? Um, no. So a lot, I mean, most of the actors are with me have been with me for years and they're very good at it. And not wanting to diminish actors mm-hmm. per se, mm-hmm. um, they don't get lines and actors very much. Some people, as you know, there are some that have really no personality, but then they get their lines and they mm-hmm. totally become the character. Mm-hmm. And I sort of go in reverse because quite often I approach people that have been on a weekend because I just know they'll be brilliant. Because firstly, you need to be very, very sociable. You need to be easily talk to people. And the second thing, you have to be really, really bright because the plots are very complex. You need to understand and remember a lot about who you are. Yeah. And they will get in the uh, on the email, they'll get about 20 pages of notes. <laughs> um, uh, we never rehearse. What we do is we meet at 6.30 on a Friday mm-hmm. and we're down with the guests at 8 o'clock, but we go through the character details, we go through the timetable for that night. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have three more meetings during the day on Saturday. And this time... They, they know their characters, we don't talk about them again, but we yeah. go through the clues that are going up and the rows that are gonna come from those clues. Yeah. And, you know, it's a well, well tried and well yeah. formulated yeah. plan, the way it works. Yeah. Yeah. And um, people say, oh, on Saturday night, oh, I wish we had dinner earlier. And I'm like, the actors have had half an hour off, then they're mm. back in a meeting. Mm. It's very mm. full on for the actors. Mm. Mm. Um, but yeah, it works really well. Yeah. But, and they just love it because of the improvisation. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the thing that's, the reason you have to be really bright and very quick is that you will get fired questions. Absolutely. That come left field, that you could have yeah. done the plot five times and never been asked this question. <laughs> and all of a sudden you get a question and your mind's whizzing thinking, oh my God. Yeah. And, and they'll say, oh, what's so, you know, you know so-and-so's got a cousin that so-and-so died. What's his surname? We only know him as Jack. And, and you're thinking, oh, my God, we haven't planned a surname for him. And you th- you're trying frantically to think of all the other surnames of all the characters so that you don't, and inevitably you say the same one. And then they'll say, oh, is he related to so-and-so? And you're thinking, oh, no. Um, so it, you're on your toes for... Yeah. It's, it, it's fascinating. Day. I mean, have you had any actors who've come and said, oh, Joy, I think I've said the wrong thing. Oh, my goodness. I think oh, it there. Yeah, yes, and that's yeah, the golden yeah, yeah. rule. Yeah. You, you have to come and tell me. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, that's yeah. in the rules. 
Because mm. if you come and tell me, we can sort it out. Yeah. We can work it, work around it, and we can sort of work it so that it works and yeah. it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. But the trouble is when they don't, and then it just blows up and blows up and blows up, and then you're thinking, <laughs> oh, this has got out of hand. Out of hand, yeah, no, that, that's mm. great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when, when you're, because these are run in hotels, aren't they? Um, well, yeah, they are now because I've paired back, but we used to do cruises and yeah, we did yeah, them abroad. Yeah. We did Death on the Nile and all sorts of things. Wow. But, but when you, wherever you're doing them, there are people... Say, say it's in a hotel. There are people staying in the hotel who aren't on the murder weekend. Oh, yes. There's that... lots of stories of that. Do we... tell us. That must cause you a, <laughs> tell bit, it, of, a bit of excitement. Well, I've learnt over the years for, that it's best that they know. So when ordinary guests arrive, they get a letter explaining that there is a murder weekend going on. We're very careful where we put um, bodies. <laughs> Um, so that they won't be found inadvertently by a bride or a groom. <laughs> um, but in actual fact, we have been asked to to be in wedding albums, to be a bride and a groom stepping over a body, looking shocked. But um, we try very hard to sort of keep ourselves contained. But over the years, things haven't gone according to plan. Um, and I remember one must have been, I don't know, 25 years ago, we were in Salisbury, and um, there was a body on the stairs. And I'd done a really good job on them. The makeup was great. And it looked like they'd virtually been sliced down the middle. And, you know, with the aid of sausages and, glug, and, and all sorts of stuff that I used to aid looking gruesome. And all the blood and everything. And anyway, the body was there waiting. Somebody was, down, uh, somebody was upstairs waiting to make sure that nobody found them. There wasn't anybody downstairs, and a doctor checked in, uh, late arrival, because he'd flown in from Germany. And so he went up to his room and found the body and was no. trying to save the body's life. Oh and God. I'm trying to say to somebody that only speaks German, I only speak English, and I'm trying to explain it's all stage makeup, um, which he realised. <laughs> Fairly quickly, but initially he was determined to save that body's life. Oh my goodness, that's a brilliant story. It's hysterical. Uh, and it, I mean, well, I know we were on one where there was a fire alarm. I think down in Brighton, one of the very first ones we went in on. In the middle of the night. In the middle of the night. We were convinced that you'd done this as part of the plot. Absolutely bonkers. That's how, that's how you get so um so caught up in it but yeah. that i know that must give you a problem because you've got to smuggle out people who are meant to be dead well there's another rule with that stay in your room until i real find out whether it's real or not and if i find it we'll get you out but yeah we, you don't want bodies wandering around but for that particular one i remember it well and we did have to get them out and the fire engines were there and so they were under duvets and taken the opposite side to where the guests all met. So anybody walking along the road seeing somebody hiding under a duvet, yeah. It's, it's just madness. It, it's, it's madness, really, when I look back at all the things that have happened. It's crazy. So, so I guess then when, when, you know, in normal circumstances, when there aren't fire alarms, but, you know, one of the actors has died, how do you get them out? At dead of night or something like that in, in normal well, circumstances? No, if it's, <laughs> if it's a Friday death, generally I cast people that are close. 
Right. And so um, when they, when all the guests have been and viewed the body and they're all called back and the police are there interrogating them, generally we, we can get them out quite quickly. Mm. If it's mm. a Friday afternoon or a Saturday night death, they usually stay and then they're confined to quarters, obviously, because they can't be wandering around. Yeah. Although we did have an actor, he only did one. And um, <laughs> he realised... I think there's a reason why, clearly. Yeah, he realised he hadn't packed his toothbrush, so he came wandering down to see if anybody had got a spare toothbrush. That, I was not happy. <laughs> he never did it. He just doesn't get this. <laughs> no, no, absolutely. You know. Bizarre. So, come on, give, give us some of your funny stories yes. then about things that have happened. Oh, there have been so many. Um, I'll give you a, I'll give you a couple of not rude ones first. Um, ones <laughs> okay. that just made me really laugh. So the first one I remember we were in Windermere and um, at the Old England, which is right on the lake, and there's a jetty that goes out, and we're all sitting having dinner on Friday night, and all of a sudden we saw a waiter running along the jetty, followed by the chef with a knife. And the waiter jumped into Windermere and everybody's very excited because they're thinking, oh, that's part of it and it's a bit faulty towers. No, that was the chef that had lost it completely. <gasps> really? And was going to kill the waiter. And it was, and it was I, I, I'm, I'm watching it thinking, how am I going to explain this? Because had he stabbed him, people would still have been taking notes and saying, yes. what's his name? Yes. <laughs> And you can imagine the mix-up yeah, with real police arriving oh, and yeah. your police. You can imagine the confusion, yeah. Because they, oh, that's yeah, brilliant. Absolutely. Brilliant story um, I mean, once we, we used to, in the early <laughs> days, have St John's ambulances arrive. And I'd pay I them for charity and they'd be around the corner. And once an ambulance arrived and I sent it away, and I said, no, you're too early, go. And it turned out there was a wedding next door in the function room and a woman had fallen over and broken her hip. And the ambulance was for the woman that had broken her hip. And I said, no, go away, you're too early. Um, one, of the, one of my favourite guest stories, and this was amazing, I can't remember what the um, actual fancy dress was, but somebody had come full-blown noddy. And so he'd got the whole outfit, he'd got the hat with the bell and he'd got his little rosy cheeks and everything. Mm -hmm. I don't know what possessed him, but there was a, another wedding and he joined the lineup. And <gasps> all of the wedding guests were going into the wedding, shaking everybody's hands, starting with Noddy. <laughs> just thought, what on earth do they think he is that he would be the first person in the lineup of the wedding? Um, so that's sort of guest Brilliant. stories, but um, we've had some very, very funny stories. One of my favourites is when I died on Friday night. And um, there were about 80 guests, and I, I can't remember where we were, but there was a big terrace outside. And I sort of... Uh, everybody was inside having their dinner, and I sort of staggered along, and I was really quite bloody, and I banged on the door, and they collapsed on the terrace. So everybody rushes out, and there's a big hoo-ha, and oh, my God. And, and then I heard one of the actresses shout... Oh, get Tracy, get Tracy. And I'm thinking, I'm lying there, sort of fading away, thinking, who's Tracy? And then the character said, oh, I was sitting next to Tracy. She's a nurse. So it's like, oh, great. I hope she doesn't interfere with me. Anyway, so everybody's going, get Tracy, get Tracy. And eventually Tracy comes. And I hear Tracy whispering to the actor, I'm no use, I'm a sexual health nurse. <laughs> So inwardly, I'm sort of laughing, thinking, yeah, you won't be any use here. 
And the character, the actress, said, no, 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 you'll know what to do. You've got to help her. And so she knelt down beside me, and I'm girding, literally biting my cheek because I know something's going to happen. So she knelt down beside me, and she went, how's your vagina? (laughs) (laughs) Now, how I didn't laugh at that point, I have no idea. But all of the guests were laughing their heads off because they thought it was so funny. It was ridiculous. Oh, how Um, brilliant. Another one. Do you remember Sheila, Jane? Yeah, I do remember Sheila. Sheila was one of my absolute favourite actresses. She was mad as a box of frogs, but just wonderful. (laughs) She now lives in Lanzarote. She moved about 20 years ago. But she was brilliant with the guests. She made up wonderful stories and she Mm. was fabulous. And a bit eccentric, loads of white hair and Mm. caftans and stuff. Anyway, the plot was the Friday night, it was a memorial for her son. And uh, we're all gathered there for the will reading over these ashes on a table. And um, anyway, it turned out at the will reading, she was absolutely livid because this chap had left it everything to his gay lover. So on Saturday lunchtime, there's a massive row and she's saying, you know, you shouldn't have everything and I hate you, blah, blah, blah. And very loudly in front of 80 guests, she shouted... Um, you're just a leech. You've been sucking him dry for years. <laughs> now, we all knew she meant bleeding him dry for years. But she got her, she got her, which in the context of the gay lover was. Oh, bless her. Oh, that is brilliant. Um, my last favourite one with an actress was oh, um, recently, actually. And one of the actresses uh, was playing a prostitute. And. She had a big bag that she took every with her for emergency business. And in it was what I, I think most ladies would know is a, a pink rabbit. Mm-hmm. So the pink rabbit is, um, can we say? Yeah. Oh, dildo. And then mm. there's two like little, they call it a rabbit, I think, because of these two little ears. Anyway, she'd been walking around all weekend with this rabbit in her bag and occasionally, too much hilarity, the rabbit would go off and there'd be a buzzing coming from her handbag. And um, she was quite sort of um, bohemian and wore a lot of bracelets and stuff. So end of the weekend, we all said goodbye and we all drove our separate ways and she went onto the motorway services to fill up and she went into the service station to pay and she put her hand in her bag to get her credit cards out and her bracelets caught on the rabbit's ears and the (laughs) rabbit flew across the counter to a a very confused young lad who looked and saw it flying across the character. So then her quandary is, do I ask for it back or do I run? (laughs) And she asked for it back and he had to... Hand it back. Oh, funny. Isn't it brilliant? Run, rabbit, run, told us, we just thought only in the murder weekend world could things like this happen, I'm sure. Oh, Oh, that's hysterical, isn't it? Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Amazing. Yeah, brilliant. I mean, you've got this fantastic business and then when COVID struck, that must have been really bad news. Mm. It was awful. We we did our first, uh, our last work, Murder Weekend on, I think, March the 6th to the 8th. 
and then I think we went into lockdown the following week mm. and and I was sort of a bit blasé about it I thought oh well a couple of months off that'd be quite nice and then we'll go back and everything will be fine and of course 18 months later we hadn't gone back and we didn't perform our first weekend I think till the July the following year so I knew that I was like many people in the hospitality business and entertainment business mm. I, I sort of felt I was dead in the water Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, Jerry, who's my right-hand angel, you know, we were we were talking about what we were going to do on Zoom because Jerry was now at home. And um, ten years before, I had done an online game for my guests, and we thought that's the only thing we can do is we mm-hmm. we'll have to try and do something online, and. Um, so after a lot of organising and a lot of Zoom calls, gathering people in, and a lot of hard work, actually working harder than I've ever worked, mm. um, we produced the first of what is now known as MMI, which stands for Murder Mystery Investigations. Mm-hmm. And it was very successful. A lot of people played it, but only our guests. So a lot of our guests played it. Um, but. I didn't have any money to sort of advertise it and so only our guests played but loved it but then we started working on it and when we realized that lockdown was going to be a very long-term thing then we decided to do a second one and um, even more successful even better and this time we got professional reviews um, from America that were absolutely glowing saying this is better than anything out there you know, one person said over lockdown, I've played 15 sort of murder mystery games and this is unparalleled. And so the reviews were amazing. Then last um, New Year's Eve, we won an award in America. Um, again, People's Choice Best Online Game. Mm. So that has convinced me we've actually really got to go for it now. So rather than just keeping it as a guilty pleasure for our guests, um, I've got some money out of my house, sadly, but I've got some money. I, I saw um, a documentary about Cameron Macintosh, and it said that nobody would back cats. So mm-hmm. Andrew Lord Webber had to put up his house to get cats on the stage. And I thought, right, if Andrew Lord Webber can do it, mm-hmm. I can do it. And so we're putting serious money behind advertising it, hopefully around the world, and hopefully now hundreds of thousands of people will see how brilliant it is. So we're just at the moment working the next one. So Cold Case 3, we hope will be out again Halloween. Um, It's a lot more complicated than Mm. a plot. Mm. So on a plot, you may have 60 clues. On the online game, uh, on each of the cases, there's about 150. But I've written them in chapters, so chapter one, chapter two. But you also have videos of live action, of police interviews, and the police discussing their evidence. Uh, And, you know, I have a whole wall of evidence that in total comes to about 150 clues and people play it binge watch it and they'll play it in sort of 10 or 12 hours and some people just play it chapter by chapter once a week i mean in lockdown we had people playing it with friends in america in australia and they'd meet up for a couple of hours every weekend and play it with their friends abroad and the plots i'm really pleased with i've taken original plots that i've written but made them much much bigger so more bodies more suspects mm-hmm. uh, and i'm really proud of what i've done and considering mm-hmm. that you know i'm so much older than i was before i think mm-hmm. oh i've still got 
I've still got it in me, really. Mm. Uh, you should be proud because they are spectacularly good. Thank you. And and I think that you know what you said is really interesting, isn't it? That you started a business when you're in your twenties, and you've now started a new business in your well, I'm sure you're in your forties or something like that. But you know, oh. you started a new business later in life. <laughs> Well, I get my pension in October, so I feel like I'm Barbara Cartland, that I'm, you know, going to be writing till I'm 90. But that's brilliant. And it's such, you know, you are a typical entrepreneurial um, personality. And I mean, it is when you when you said, you know, well, you know, your house, you put your house. But actually, this is what an awful lot of entrepreneurs do, don't they? It's about risk. And it's about going going with that. And um, I mean, I just think it's amazing. Um, something that uh, I'm just telling the listener, we have our lovely producer here. And something that he just wants me to ask you here is, have you tried virtual reality murder mysteries? This is Jake who's just yes, asked Yes, well... We actually had a meeting with somebody um, about doing it as an app. Right. But, of course, then you're talking about selling Andrew Lord Webber's house rather than my right. house because yeah. it's so yeah. expensive to do. And, yes, we've talked about virtual reality, and, yes, it would be wonderful. So if you've got a listener out there with a whole ton of money that they want to invest, um, we'd love to do that, and it would be spectacular. When we were talking to the app people, they showed us something, and it was amazing. And you could you could put your phone onto such and such a mode, and you could lift the body and put the body onto a table, and then you could search the pockets for things, and it was just wow. outstanding. Wow. Yeah. But again, yeah. incredibly Money. expensive. Money. Yeah. Um, now I hope that Murder Mystery Online that we've done, the Murder Mystery Investigations, I hope it does look expensive. And and but actually, it was all just done almost on a wing and a prayer and love. Mm. So to go from that level up to doing apps and virtual reality. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I am, I have got another thing which I'm, my fingers are permanently crossed at the moment. But um, during lockdown, I got an agent and she's got some publishers interested um, because I have some plots that I know would make amazing films. Um, there's one that I just know is Oscar winning. I just know it mm-hmm. in my heart. Um, and so I'm hoping that some of my plots will be seen around the world when we get a publisher and maybe a TV or film company interested. But I have a body of work that is bigger, far more than Agatha Christie. I mean, she's got trillions of sales. I haven't, but I've got 147 plots in a locked, secure place that can all be turned into books and films. And so one day, I hope I'm not too old to enjoy it. Well, it's, 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 I tell you what I'm interested in, you say I've got all these plots now, which is fantastic, but, you know, was it something that you, you had stories in your head as a child? I mean, I know you've, you, you know, because you, you went to university, you, you did other things, you, you were a designer, I think, That's, that was your degree, was it? Was it? Well, um, so, did you have all these plots here? Is it just something that's developed, I suppose, is what I'm asking? You. I think did so. you know you I mean, had that facility? When I was young, I was a great storyteller, my parents tell me. Right. I was a spectacular liar, apparently. (laughs) Um, But when I was about 10, 11, I did get into Agatha Christie, and then I became very keen on Nio Marsh. Oh, yeah, she's great. She's fantastic. And I read all of those by the time I was about 15. Mm. And, And so... I think it I always there, enjoyed it, it, but didn't yes. know I had the skill myself. Yes. And I've yes. only co- come up with the skill because I've had to, because of yes. doing what I do. And, um, you know, the actors say I'm quite spooky. 
because I often write things that then do happen. So they, they think I'm a bit of a witch as well. <laughs> that's happened on more than one occasion. Really? What have, you, what have you written that's happened? Well, I think the reason it happens is that I don't read books anymore. I just can't because mm. my memory's so bad. And I don't want to spend two weeks writing something and then they have to say, well, that's exactly the same as. Um, so I own it, my only research is newspapers and I buy from the top to the lowest and I cut out little cuttings of things that, oh, that could be interesting and, oh, that's something about a school. If I write a plot about a school, that'll be good. And um, one that comes straight to mind is that I was reading, I saw a really small article about, um, I can't remember what it was called then, but it didn't have the official name, but it was mad cow disease, and it was called, it ended up being called Jacob something disease. Yeah. Um, yes. And they'd found that um, the hormones from the cows had gone into people with growth problems, uh, and it was the pituitary gland that had been affected. So I, I wrote a plot about a funeral home, mm -hmm. and they were illegally removing bits of people, including the pituitary glands, and they were being used in growth hormone tr treatment. Anyway, the plot was fine and all good, and the first weekend we did it, on the Sunday, on, f on the front of the Nationals, it said, mad cow's disease has moved into humans. And the actors were saying, Joy, that's all your fault. <laughs> but it, it often happens that I'll, I'll write about something in a plot and then it'll happen. Um, there are loads of instances that they've all gone from my mind, but that will always stick in my mind because it was so bizarre. It was so sort bizarre. Of so it was like yeah, field, in the know? ether. Yeah, and you managed. Yeah. yeah. Very odd. Well, I guess you, you because you digest so much news, you're probably subconsciously processing yeah. it at a level that most of us don't, aren't you? Absolutely. Well, unfortunately, at the moment, it's too depressing to. Oh, isn't it? Yeah, it's really. It is. And that's, it is. Yeah, I mean, I try not to write what... about, you know economic problems that, that won't be in the new plot I'm writing now because I try and get people into the golden bubble and away from it rather than you know that's yeah. it and and that's why all the stuff you're doing on the internet you know the, it's it's great isn't it from that point of view it's just yeah. taking people out um and are you back actually do, doing the live shows yeah, as well yeah we in started hotels? That's we all, got, yeah. exactly a year ago last July um we started back and actually they've been limping along to be fair I think last year people were worried about getting COVID mm -hmm. um, and obviously we couldn't do what we do behind masks. Mm -hmm. um, so the numbers went brilliant last year. Um, the same with January because we had the new variant and I think people again were worried. Mm -hmm. And then the summer's not been good because I think people have been taking all their backed up holidays and their backed up weddings. So people had very full summers. However, the great news is we can, uh, the winter's nearly full. Excellent. The winter's back to pre-pandemic, thank heavens. Oh, that's great. No, that's brilliant. Um, you must have stayed in hundreds of hotels in your time. What, yeah. What do you think makes a good hotel? Oh, gosh. If there's anybody out there that wants a really good project manager for hotels, because I, there isn't anything I know about them, what makes a really good hotel more than anything is the staff, for sure. Yeah. Um, I've met amazing ops people, amazing GMs, and then I've met really terrible ones. Um, so firstly, the, the right people. And I could, oh my God, I could staff the best hotel in the world because I know so many people around the place. 
Um, and then, you know, nowadays, I would say sustainability. I mean, we've got a, hot a new hotel that we're using and they're marvellous because everything's locally grown. Um, they're really, really conscious of their um, carbon footprint. And I think that's important now that people are really beginning, unfortunately, probably too late, but they're really getting on board with it. Um, yeah, I love quirky decor because so many of them seem to be done by the same people, so they all look very samey. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, I'd love to win the lottery and have my own hotel. That would be amazing. <laughs> yeah, that would, I, I can imagine you would you would manage it really, really well. Yeah. Um, so have you noticed, given that you started effectively two new businesses, do you notice any difference or has it affects you the way that women in business are treated? Were you taken seriously when you were in your 20s? Oh, don't get me started. Oh, no, Ooh. let's get you started. Yeah, we well, yeah, to get you started, please. <laughs> Am I allowed to name names and shame shames? Oh, um, banks have been terrible through the pandemic. My bank particularly has been appalling. Um, I'm, I'm still... Well, I wrote to the financial ombudsman. I've written three times now. Um, but I've been now told I've got to write a personal letter because it's... The business is one thing, but it's the way it's affected me personally. Mm -hmm. um, they don't care. They don't care. They've got their list of rules, what they can and can't do. And I've been with this bank for 50 years, 10 years before I started the business. I don't have any contact at all. It's just appalling. Um, so, yeah, banks have been bad. As far as being a woman is concerned, I'm not so sure that... I've ever seen any difference, really, to be honest. Um, I think I'm I'm nicer than with staff in hotels than a man would probably be, because mm -hmm. you know they really can let you down badly by getting things wrong. And I'm always very calm, and I'm very mm. now let's sort it out. And if we mm. sort it out today, mm. everybody would have forgotten. And I can imagine, say, conference organizer just lifting off the roof. So I think I hope that. I have a good reputation of being nice to work with. And so I don't think the man thing really, but certainly HMRC, oh, HMRC, um, HMRC, banks and everything, just incompetence rules okay. And for a small business person like me to spend virtually a week with two of us just on the phone trying to sort their messes out, um, it's just awful. Mm. So yeah. It's very stressful as well, isn't it? Mm, very stressful. And, you know, poor old Jerry, I've nearly gone off the deep end. And she's like, no, that's not the way to deal with it. Let's just stay calm and sort it out. When well, I'm just ranting and raving, throwing chairs around the office because of the way they are treating us. Yeah. So, yeah, it's the big corporations I don't like. Mm, interesting. Mm, mm, very interesting. Um, so, where do people find if they want to book a murder weekend, which I'm sure everybody does now? Where do they where do they go to find out more? Well, our website for murder weekends couldn't be simpler. It's murder.co.uk. Oh, that's murder.co.uk. Straightforward and to the point. Yeah, nobody yeah. can forget that one. Uh, and then murdermysteryinvestigations.com is the site for the online games. Right. And um, we're we're just changing things at the moment uh we i i would say um wait till september because mm -hmm. the functionality is there now 
but it's going to be even better in the middle of September when we've made the changes we're making. Um, but not to the plots. The um, the two plots are exactly the same. It's just the way you move around the site and everything is better. Right. But what's good about it, and, and so many people have said we love this, is that you can play it anytime, anywhere. Mm. So yeah. you can play it on your phone, on your tablet, you can play it on your PC. And... Um, and you can, you know, when you're just waiting for the bus or whatever, mm. you can think, oh, I've just had a thought. So you can jot mm. it down on the notebook. And mm. people said they literally were thinking things for a week and mm. making mm. notes were in the, when they were shopping and stuff. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I'm very proud of it. I think it's really good. Mm. That's so. brilliant. It's brilliant. It's, it's so clever as well to have made that journey out of necessity initially because of covid but you know it, it there's a whole yeah. new world now isn't that opening up for you yeah. um uh, which is which is just brilliant i'm going to have a look at this because i I've, i have to confess many years ago because one of the things that i did when i was um uh, you know trying to earn a crust i became a tour guide as, as, as and i worked for this particular company and she started to do murder weekends you know of obviously you know much after you did it wasn't anything that like you're 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 describing I have to say but it, and I did a little bit of that and it was great fun I mean I have to say mm. but it wasn't as organized as um as yours but um no I, I just take my hat off to you I mean I just think it's absolutely you know thank you terrific. and I think we should bring this back into Ambridge you know I think you know we, there's, a, there's a hotel in Ambridge uh, which is the Grey Gables and uh, it, it's being refurbished at the minute and I think maybe one of the things that we should just suggest oh well to, I'll be know, there that we, yes <laughs> I think I'll we need you there. as our guest as our guest I think definitely that would be wonderful <laughs> definitely well um the question that we often finish off with um with our guests is is what would you say to your younger self whoa oh blimey don't eat so much <laughs> Um, don't stress so much mm. because usually it comes out all right in the end but you worry and worry and worry and don't change the outcome so I think yeah don't worry so much um, don't you lose all your loved ones as early that's been tough my father died when I was 13 uh, and not so long well t 20 years ago my mum died and then my sister died and I've, you know, I've sort of lost my family, a bit of an orphan almost. And so um, that changed my life, I think, fundamentally, my father dying at 13. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think, I think the most important thing is probably don't worry so much because it will come out in the wash. Mm. Mm. You know. that's, that's really, really, really good advice. Mm. And um, thank you so, so much yeah. for giving up You're your very time. Indeed, you're an inspiration, Joy. You really, oh, really are. You. Good really luck are. With, with everything, really. Thank you. Well, yeah. I've enjoyed it thoroughly. Thank you. That's our pleasure. And everybody, I can just, I've done both Murder Weekends and the online games, and I can thoroughly recommend both of them. So, uh, so get yourselves off to those various websites and sign up. Thanks, okay. Jane. Thank you so much, Joy. Well, Sunny, that was. That wow, was what, brilliant. She, she is a complete inspiration, she, actually. It really is. And it's about bravery, isn't it? It's about oh, risking things. And you, you do have to be brave to do that. And I suppose it's bravery, but it's luck doing the right thing, you know, at the right time. And, it, you know, it's, but no, a complete inspiration. And having to suddenly change tack, because you have to change tack, because yeah. that's what the world, you know, has, has created, as it were. No, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. brilliant. I think so. To start a second business, I you know, know. approaching state pension age, that is 
that's I know. totally inspirational. Well, I'm going to look online and I'm going to find that murder thing online. Ooh, I'm going to be doing that. Good stuff. Well, I, am, I, am, I, am. I don't know about you, but I could murder a cup of tea. <laughs> oh, very good. Oh, darling, you're so witty. Well, I could make a stab at the washing up, couldn't I? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to our One Stiletto in the Grave podcast. If you'd like to see behind-the-scenes clips and bonus content, please visit our Facebook page, One Stiletto in the Grave podcast. And if you'd like to ask any questions, follow us on Twitter at One Stiletto 65. This podcast is produced by Raggedy House Productions and the music composed by Tom Smith. See you next time. <laughs> <laughs>